And you were competing in the natural bodybuilding space, right? No. Oh, not. you weren't. I no. didn't even know that. Yeah, there's we're not no gonna such... air this. No, I'm joking. There's... <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I it was it's very like taboo. Like don't mm. talk about it. Um no, I'm down to talk about it. If you're down, I'm very curious <laughs> now. Like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another episode of The Burl Sound, recording here live at the UUIN Collective. I am your host with the most, DJ Zar, a.k.a. Big Turk, a.k.a. Abu Kimchi and Beans. Uh, make sure you comment, like, subscribe, click that bell notification. And uh, without further ado, I have a very special guest. I have a fellow Newman Knight. She's a fitness and lifestyle coach, an influencer, a spiritual badass, and a lot of other things that we'll get into. Ladies and gentlemen, Meg's Let's See in the Building. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very nervous also. I'm a little nervous. My heart is like beating really fast right now. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I'm going to take it back to give some context to the viewers. At one point in my life, I used to see Megan every morning on the 12 bus going to Newman. And, uh, Do you remember our MSN conversations? We like when home, we first, we were tight. We yeah, were tight. when we first met in like grade seven or eight or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I was kind of like miscellaneous in high school. I didn't really like known for anything. She was like <laughs> athlete, you know what I'm saying? Baller. And uh, so what I remember from you in high school was that you were like, athlete like you were good at pretty much everything and, I, play, I played were, a lot of sports yes and you were good at school <laughs> I was good at school yes and you were like relatively like a good girl like you wasn't out here doing like you know what I'm saying like, yeah no not really just a couple you know a couple parties here and there but no no not really so from that after high school obviously a lot of people we didn't talk to each other and then yeah. I'd see I saw that you started doing bodybuilding I did. So, yo, tell yes. me about that journey. How did you get into bodybuilding? Ah, uh, okay. So, I um, I left high school mm-hmm. and I went to George Brown College for fitness and health promotion. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I was becoming a trainer, learning about the body to you know better than I knew it before. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon bodybuilding. I was like, I saw it on Instagram. I was like, all these girls are like so ripped and tanned, and they're on stage. I'm like, they look so good. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I also had suffered from an eating disorder for most of my life. I was a binge eater for my whole life. And I found it and I was like, this is going to be the solution to all of my problems. I'm going to do a show and I'm going to become so confident. I'm going to love my body. I'm going to know exactly how to get really lean and da, 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 da. So I decided to do a show out of like nowhere, just randomly. I was like, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. I got ready for my first show. I found a coach, did my first show. And that was it. I was addicted. It was, uh, it was amazing. It literally pushes you to the most extreme physically, mentally. And like I said, I did my first show and then I was like, okay, when's the next show? Mm -hmm. So then I, you know, built more muscle, did another show, built more muscle, did another show. So when you were building muscle, you noticed like strength gains each time. And then when you would cut down, like you would look more cut, like you would look more shredded. Yeah. So you go, when you're, when you're bodybuilding, you go through two phases, you go through an off season and you go through a prep season. Hmm. So in prep season, you are reducing your calories and upping your cardio Mm -hmm. for anywhere between 12 to 20 weeks, depending on how much body fat you have. 
And in that time, you're still training at the gym to make sure that you keep that muscle mass that you've put on because weight training helps you keep that muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Cardio helps you burn the fat and then, you know, calories. But you're doing more intense forms of cardio? Are you doing like walking? It's literally very... It depends. So I would do a mix of hit training and low intensity cardio. Mm-hmm. It just depended on where I was in my prep season. So mm-hmm. when it's earlier on, you're I was doing more hit style stuff and then it changed to a low intensity and then it went back to hit. It all kind of just depended on how much fat I still needed to lose. Mm-hmm. And every show was different because every time you diet down for a show, your body gets better at adapting to the factor dieting. Mm. So the second time around, it was uh, a lot more cardio. And then the last time I, I was doing an hour and a half of cardio a day, plus three hours of training, plus I was eating maybe 900 calories. Okay. And that was for my last show. But it was also the best look I ever brought to a stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the more grueling workouts and the more grueling you know, stuff you do, the better you look on stage. Typically, how intense is the rebound once you get that lean? Because I hear stories of people putting on like 20, 30 pounds like the next day. Like, yeah. So when you're going through that cut and you're at like the water cut phase of it, do you guys do like a water cut kind of at the end? Like you kind, do Yeah, kind stuff? of. Yeah. So you just don't drink a lot of water because normally you go from drinking almost four or five liters of water a day to maybe you had one liter the whole day before your show and then you're not drinking any water on the day of your show. Mentally, where does that put you? Cause like in, from a physical perspective, your body's going through like almost like a starvation, like it wants to hold on to fat and like electrolytes and stuff at this point. So mentally, like where's your head at? I hear like, there's no sex drive. You're like, you're more, you're more like easily agitated. Like, so the last, for my last show, the last six weeks, I was a zombie. I don't even know who I was because I was so lean. I was emotional. And especially as a woman, like Mm. we need more body fat Mm. on our bodies. Like we Mm. just naturally do. So, you know, you're, you know, you're not having like a period. You're not like, this is so intense. Your hormones are just all over the place. You know, you're hungry. Like you're freaking hungry. I'm eating 900 calories a day. You're doing tons and tons of cardio. I don't remember the last six weeks. It was just a blur. Wow. That's how crazy it was. But I was so determined to look good on stage. So it didn't mm-hmm. really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they're not fun. Those last little, the last little bit. And I remember like, <laughs> I remember the day before my show, I, I was, I had, I had to go to the athletes meeting and I just bawled my eyes out like a couple hours before I was supposed to go there. And I called my coach and I was like, I'm not doing tomorrow's show. He's like, mm. are you crazy? And I was like, I'm so tired. And I'm so drained. I don't care like that. I've worked this many weeks and I don't even care. I'm crying. I just don't want to do anything. I just want to lay in my bed and I want to eat food. Like, mm. let me eat food, please. Let me drink water. No, you know, when you're not able to drink water. That's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. So, mm. but. That being said, I took overall in that show and I was very, very, very proud of my look. Mm -hmm. I guess sometimes to achieve like great feats, you have to be like super rigid, but it's never sustainable. And what I kind of learned, because initially, like when I lost weight and I'm like, I want to get jacked, like I had this bodybuilding mentality. It's like, you just got to get jacked and that equals health, that equals happiness. But what you find out and what you kind of found out was like, 
in the bodybuilding space is not necessarily like really good for your health and wellness per se. Like yeah. the going for the aesthetic is not always the best for your health. No, it's, you have to think everything in life is about balance, mm. no matter what it is. And bodybuilding is an extreme, a very, very deep extreme. And it only focuses on your physical body. There was a lot of internal stuff that was not okay with me. Mm. You know, being that lean is not healthy. You can't like you need body fat in order to properly function. What's a healthy what's the minimum healthy body fat percentage would you say for for guys and for girls? Like um for guys it's a little bit lower and you can get away with anywhere between like 10 and maybe like 18 that's considered like But healthy. you're saying single digits for men it's not necessarily like healthy. I I I don't think so but it all depends on the man. Yeah yeah. yeah. And uh for women usually Anywhere under 14% body fat and you're not having a period anymore, it's not healthy. You mm. should be having that consistently. Mm. So it's almost like nature's way of saying like, Hey, too listen, lean. too lean, mm -hmm. get some fat. Yeah. And you were competing in the natural bodybuilding space, right? No. Oh, not. you weren't. I no. didn't even know that. Yeah. There's we're not no going to air this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I, it was, it's very like taboo. Like don't mm. talk about it. Um, no, I'm down to talk about it. If you're down, I'm very curious. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, I was embarrassed to talk about it for a long time, uh, because everyone's like, no, stigmatized. it is right. But everyone's like, oh, because you do it, like you didn't work hard. Like <laughs> you have to work, you have, hard. you have to work, you don't just take drugs and it works. Like you mm. have to, in order for the drugs to work, you have to work. Mm. And I didn't take a lot. It's not like I was over here, like shooting myself up like mm -hmm. every day but you know i did use P peds to mm -hmm. help me get where i did mm -hmm. and it messes with you even more mentally than if you were to do it naturally so for my first two shows i was natural mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but then i see everyone else and i was like well i need to be competitive and i can't go anywhere if i'm a natural athlete so then i'm i'm changing my morals mm -hmm. and how i would normally go about something because i want to be better than that person mm -hmm. and that's when the the switch flipped and it's like okay well that's not okay anymore mm -hmm. and i did because i was like I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to become a professional mm -hmm. and so i did and it messed with me because you know, you're, you're growing and you got muscle and then you're so strong, but then also, you know, your other things are changing about you that are not supposed to be changing as a female. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, but oh, whatever. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. because I'm going to go get my pro card. Yeah. And then, you know, mm -hmm. then you come off of it and you're like, oh wait, I'm not as strong as I thought. Oh wait, I can't stay this. Like my muscles can't stay that hard. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I need more fat. Yeah. So it, I mean, for men, it's bad, but I think for females, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. That sport and everything that kind of comes around it. Not saying that you can't be a natural bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I'm just saying that a lot more people are not going to admit that they're taking things. There's definitely like a, a glass ceiling with natties, I feel. Like eventually, like... If you want to build a career, like the pressure to 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 take PED, I wouldn't even call. I guess they're PEDs, but like I feel like they're also good for like the recovery that you're putting your body through. Like I'm not necessarily against those as long as it's agreed upon beforehand, because yeah. like it can help in 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 like repair. And like I know that there's a benefit to having that added testosterone. But what effects did you see immediately? Like. How quick after you started the cycle did you feel like, whoa, like 
my muscles are like permanently hard. Like I'm way stronger. Like, and what personality changes came with that? Um, so I probably saw physical hardening of my muscles. Mm, it depends on what drugs you take mm. almost within like a week. And like this includes like fat loss as well as mus- muscle building or like. No, just- it depends. So, you know, you, you use certain stuff for muscle gain. You lose certain stuff for fat loss. Mm-hmm. It changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, probably within like a week, maybe two, the, the actual hardness of the muscle, the strength comes within a couple of weeks. Um, it also depends on how your body metabolizes drugs. Everyone's is different mm-hmm. and how clean your liver is. If you have a got a clean liver, you're probably going to feel those effects faster. If you have a dirty liver, it's going to take a little bit longer for you to feel them. Um, in terms of the muscle growth, it's still slow. By all means, it's still slow, but it is faster and your recovery is crazy. It can mask the injuries you have significantly. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that I had such an issue with like certain muscles in my back and certain muscles in my hips because they were just being... It's like a Band-Aid. Mm. It's just like covered it up. But the moment you remove that, you're like, damn, I you're have like, some discrepancies. Oh my gosh. Like- yeah, like, oh my gosh. My my muscles are growing faster than my ligaments can hold things together. Oh, right? So do you feel pain at that point where it's like, whoa, like there's an imbalance here? Yeah, like mm. there's something that's, that's wrong here. Mm-hmm. My body's not okay with it. So after that last show, and you, did you know that was going to be your last show? Like, no. The- no. I, so you were planning after that you were going to go oh yeah. for the fourth one. Oh, yeah. It was COVID that oh, is yeah. why I left bodybuilding. You were vocal about that, too. I like, was I very was, vocal I was happy about that. because, like, especially at the beginning, like, no one wants to talk about it. And you were like, why are they closing the gyms? Like, we need, like, health and wellness. We yeah. need fitness, especially yeah. at a time like now. Oh, my gosh. I I I was in a very, very dark place when COVID first happened mm-hmm. because the gym was my space of meditation. It was the only place in the entire world where when I stepped into that area, nothing else mattered. Mm -hmm. And I could actually shut my brain off and only focus on my training. You know, it's very hard to find somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. And when they took that away from me and I didn't have somewhere to have an outlet, I went crazy. I really did. It kind of creates, especially when that's a big part of your life, it almost creates like an identity crisis. Literally the biggest identity crisis. And Mm. it it was a catalyst for where I am now and I'm grateful for it. Mm. But it was, it's been tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once COVID hit and you're not bodybuilding, is your like mentality kind of switching towards more health and wellness and spirituality? Like when did you make that transition? So when I, when I couldn't go to the gym anymore, I realized that my bodybuilding career was nothing more than an attempt to keep my physical body looking a specific way. Mm -hmm. And I still would look in the mirror every single day and not like what I saw. I would still be like, oh, your delts aren't big enough. Your butt's not big enough. Your waist is too big. It's not small enough. Every day, no matter what mirror I was looking in. And then COVID happened and I was like, okay, well that's probably not healthy. Like Mm -hmm. I should probably be loving my body regardless of that. And I couldn't go to the gym and I didn't have an outlet. So I had to change my training style on top of that. Right. I couldn't Mm -hmm. lift super heavy weights anymore. I needed to go to a more cardio based. So Mm -hmm. naturally I was going to lose fat and I was going to lose muscle Mm -hmm. in the process. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, 
I changed my training style. I started to lose weight and my injuries, because I couldn't train like that anymore, they actually started to subside because I had so many injuries. I went from having, you know, a hip injury to a knee injury to a trap injury. And it was getting so bad, but COVID forced me to dial it back and my injuries started getting better. And then, you know, I wasn't taking anything because I wasn't going to the gym anymore. Mm. Right. Mm. And my body started to recover in like a different way. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel healthier. My mental state started to get better when I pulled away from that. And I started to focus on loving myself and liking the person that I saw in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of how the 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 more emotional, spiritual and changing my like self-love. That's when it started. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's it's been it's been cu- more about cultivating mm-hmm just all the love I can for myself because, you know, I'm fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. We're all awesome. Mm-hmm. And we just have to own that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that made you a lot more open and you were sharing like your stories on IG. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like you're being really vulnerable. And like, that really appeals to people because they want to feel like they know you. And I feel like even with, with the bodybuilding thing, like you said, it's like an attempt for you to like maintain this image in your head, but now you're just like being you and authentic. And I feel like a lot of people are gravitating towards that. Yeah. That it's, it really is that it's, it's like one, wow. I had an eating disorder my whole life that Mm. I tried to hide with bodybuilding. And I didn't see that. Like who doesn't see that? I see it now, (laughs) you know, I, I didn't see it. And then I'm like, I just feel so much better. Like I can show up authentically and, and I have a voice. And to be honest with you, I've never used my voice like this before, Mm -hmm. but the more I use it, the more I seem to attract people and people are like, wow, like, thank you so much. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well I have to share Mm -hmm. because I want people to know they're not alone. And I want people to know that it's okay to go through things that you go through. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to lead by example. Do you feel like bodybuilding and bodybuilding culture will always have the element of body dysmorphia in it? Or is there a way that it can be changed? Because I always wonder, like, because it's not a performance based activity. It's really like arbitrary judgment. And I'm sure there's like certain criteria that they have mm-hmm. for judging these people. Yeah. I'm sure there's politics involved as well. So, yeah. Do you think it's always necessarily going to have that body dysmorphia in it just based on the fact that we're judging these bodies. These people. Yeah. It's hard to say because I do feel like it depends on who you are Mm -hmm. and how you already feel about yourself. If you're strong um, and you have a strong sense of who you are and you truly just love whatever you see in the mirror, regardless, then yeah, maybe you can compete. But I don't think that a lot of people come to the sport with that being the case already. They come to the sport thinking that it's going to be a solution Mm -hmm. to a problem that they have about themselves. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, no, you need to dial it back and love yourself first before you dive into something where it's going to throw you in and out of love for yourself. Like Mm -hmm. you can't love yourself at 10% body fat because it's not healthy. So why are you going to fall in love with yourself there? Mind you, the process of getting there. And if you want to learn what you're capable of, mm-hmm. do a show because you will push yourself harder than you ever have. I say that I can do anything I want in the world because I competed mm-hmm. literally. So it shows you that, listen, if I put my mind to something, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also run the risk of that happening. Mm-hmm. 
I want to get your stance on the kind of trend that we see in general aesthetics where it's, they're kind of leaning towards the more body positivity and like, you know, like uh, promoting uh, images that weren't typically seen as beautiful by society. Now they're trying to say, Oh no, like you're fat phobic. If you don't think that this is beautiful, for example. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, like, there's a line between like health and, and accepting your body. Like, I do think we should accept our bodies fully, but I do think there's like an optimal state for us, like physically that we can't deny. So like promoting obesity, for example, mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily think that's like conducive to a healthier society. Maybe mentally you could say, okay, like you can love yourself at any weight. And I agree with that. But I also think you should love yourself enough to want to push yourself to be the best version. It, yeah, exactly. So I agree. There is, you know, you, you can't, <laughs> there is a, there is a health, there is health. And like, you can't be obese and be like, well, I'm healthy and you can love your body. Mm -hmm. But I find that the issue is that even when you are that big, if you did love your body, then you're going to treat your body better, mm -hmm. you know? So there's that. And when did loving your body mean that you shouldn't eat well? Mm -hmm. I think that loving my body means that I fuel it with only the best things. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's tough. There's this fine line. <laughs> how, how connect, I'm like, should I air that part? Uh, how connected do you feel like your mental mood is to what you eat? Like, do you feel like it's direct? Because we always hear about this like brain gut connection and how important it is and what you eat. Do you do you find that you're like different when you eat certain foods? Absolutely. My digest, my whole emotional, our whole emotional well being is here. Our emotions, our immune system, a lot of it is in the gut. So mm. if you're not fueling your body with food that is easy to digest, that can be well distributed, that also cleans other organs in your body. Like you have to think it's not just your, your intestines, it's your liver, it's your kidneys, it's your gallbladder. Like, are you giving it foods that are going to help it cleanse it themselves? Mm -hmm. Like, are you? No, mm -hmm. then you're going to have it clogged. And it's going to also make your emotional body clogged. It's going to make your immune system clogged. So yes, fueling your body with better fuel, like foods is going to help you to get that mind body connection, emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel it when I don't eat well, I do not feel well and I can feel it. So can you give me like a cleanse drink? Like what should I be consuming to kind of cleanse my body? So I love celery juice, which some people will think it's ridiculous, but I juice celery every morning. Um, I also, there's this smoothie. It's wild blueberries, spirulina, cilantro, bananas, um, barley grass, wheat powder. Yeah. Um, and you blend it all up with some orange juice helps clean your liver. A lot of people don't know that a lot of weight issues actually come from having a stagnant liver. Hmm. So if you guys have ever read medical medium stuff, hmm. I love his stuff. He's amazing at like cleansing your body. Um, so yeah, that's one of his smoothies and I think it's amazing. And you know, the, you, there's supplements that you can take. People take, uh, oh my gosh, I'm like blanking here on the, don't hear this part. <laughs> oh my no, gosh. Dang. Say I got to alkalize my body. 
you know, start there. Start with some probiotics, digestive enzymes, and some just cleaning out the liver. Mm. What I found with with carbs, and we'll probably get into this more because we're going to go for a break shortly, but I found that some people are better with carbs than others. I don't know if it's a metabolism thing. I don't know if it's like a food sensitivity thing. And I always felt that when I was in fat adapted states, like I felt like my performance was better mentally and stuff. My crashes, my insulin crashes, like sugar crashes weren't like even there, you know, Mm -hmm. but when I drink, say if I have juice or like bread or rice and stuff, if I have a certain amount, I'll get tired. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what your thoughts on, on like we're around like, keto diet and like being fat adapted because you do like fasted cardio sometimes i see so that's kind of like you're kind of getting in that fat adapted zone for a little bit kind of um i think that uh keto has a very very specific place in the world Mm. it was actually developed for people who were morbidly obese and they Mm. needed to lose a significant amount of weight Mm. i think what happened is that the diet culture was like oh this is just a fast way for people to get shredded shredded (laughs) and they obviously manipulated it and fed it to the masses. Mm. So I don't think, I think a a balanced diet is the best way to go. I don't Mm. think that you should have too much fat, too much carbs. I think your body needs carbs, fats, proteins. Mm. You need a good, everyone's different on what those ratios look like, but I don't think that like anything, there should be no extremes, Mm. balance, moderation. I could never give up carbs because I love bread. I love pasta. Like I love, I love carbs. I love fruits, carbs. Like I, I was trying to say I could never give up carbs because I get so much bread. Like I was trying to say I make money, but like I messed up. The oh, bar. like I didn't even get that. I messed I it up. That's why I, I delivered it poorly. <laughs> I was looking at Chang like, <laughs> I like, I said it cool the other day. Uh, but yo, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. More with the Burl Sound and Megs Leslie after the break. Okay. This episode of The Burrow Sound is brought to you by our friends over at Hello Piffy. They are a cannabis delivery service based in the GTA. You can find them on Leafly, 7 Days a Weed, Instagram at Hello Piffy, and on their website at hellopiffy.ca. If you tell them that The Burrow Sound sent you, you will save 30% off your order. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to The Burrow Sound. DJs are Meg's Leslie in the building. Uh... So there's one thing I definitely had to ask you about, and I was impressed that, like, I kind of did forget it, but you were, like, a legit firefighter. Yes, I so was a legit firefighter. How was that journey to becoming a firefighter, and what's it like being a firefighter? So it was it was tough to get there. I mean, you know, education, and then you go through all your certifications. Um, the training was very intense. Once I got hired on, it was 20 weeks of really intense training. Oh. <laughs> it was 20 weeks of very intense training when I got on. Um, but it kind of fit really well in my, when I was bodybuilding, it was all these guys at the gym were like, hey, you should be a firefighter. Um, yeah, you should be a firefighter. And you'll be amazing. It really goes well with the bodybuilding lifestyle. I was like, okay, yeah, great. I'm going to be a professional bodybuilder. So obviously I want to be a firefighter as well. (laughs) Um, So that was the reason that was was because of bodybuilding. It was, it was, I thought it was, it was a lifestyle that I wanted. And it was a lot of guys at the gym who were firefighters who were telling me like, Hey, it's a great job. I was like, okay, yeah, absolutely. And I fit really well into the culture with those guys. So I was like, okay, like, absolutely. I'll do that. 
And then I started my firefighting training right as I lost the gym and my whole identity changed about who I was and what I wanted from the world. And I went through the training. I got hired on, um, in the department. I was a firefighter, but I was also no longer that same girl that I was. And I was changing so fast. And I realized that this career no longer served me at my highest. So I left firefighting Mm -hmm. and that's where we are now. Well, have you ever been in like, because with firefighters, you're in high stress situations and we were talking off air about it. What does it do to you physically when you're in that lifestyle? You told me your sleep, if you like sleep, like don't be a firefighter. And what's that kind of fight or flight response like when when you guys are the first responders and there's a situation? So it's def it's stressful. Like it is a high stress job, like any emergency service job you have to get up and go and you have to be on your A game because not only is the person that you're saving someone's life. So you have to bring your, your best foot forward, but you also have people recording you. Remember we live in Toronto. Mm. So you've got to make sure that you are doing your best and you're in the public eye. Mm. So it's a high stress job. And after Years and years and years and years of doing that, I can only imagine what it does to your nervous system. Mm -hmm. I had a nervous system that was shot and I only did it for a year. Well, it was only on for a year, but the training was longer than that. But I mean, I only did it for a little period of time and my, my nervous system was just, it wasn't okay. Like it wasn't okay for me. Some people can adapt to that very well. um, But I just... I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that for a long time. Do you, do you still feel like the remnants of that in your nervous system? Like, or did it kind of go away once you weren't in that lifestyle? Once I wasn't in that lifestyle anymore. And I've also done a lot of healing work, a lot of energy healing within the last couple of months Mm -hmm. for a lot of different areas of my life. So my nervous system is doing much better now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I can't even imagine that because it's literally like a life or death situation every day. Like that's your job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's tough. Like you're on call for a whole 24 hours. So you're, you're busy for those whole 24 hours. And then if you were running calls all day, that also means that the next day you probably want to sleep, but if you have a life, you can't sleep. So I like, I love sleep. I cannot function with no sleep. So it just, mm-hmm. it didn't work out very well. <laughs> so I want to definitely get some advice on like health and fitness. If someone came to you and they said, I want to get my summer body in the quickest, but healthiest way. What method would you give them? That's kind of sustainable, but also effective to where you see those results. So I always say when someone first comes to me, I say, track your food for five days. See every single thing that you put into your body, track it so that you can see where your general calorie amount is on a day-to-day basis. And then once you have that amount, then you're going to go and you're going to find a list of proteins and you're going to find a list of carbs and you're going to find a list of fats. You're going to break down each of your meals into protein, carbs, and fats, whether that's, you know, 
you do it five times, you have five meals a day, three meals a day, whatever. And at every single one of them, you're going to have a carb, a protein, and a fat. Mm-hmm. You're also going to do cardio and you're also going to weight train and do yoga and do breath work and meditation. They don't have to be all of them, mm-hmm. but you're going to start incorporating more of these things just in your life. Mm-hmm. And it can be small little changes too. Like it doesn't have to be big, but being mindful about what you're putting in your body is number one, because it all comes from food. They always say it's like the 80, 20 split where 80% your diet, 20% exercise. And it truly is a lot about what you put in your body. So being mindful that I'm like, you know, okay, I'm eating a protein. I'm eating carb. I'm eating a fat. Mm-hmm. And today I decided to do some cardio or tomorrow I'm going to do meditation or the next day I'm doing a strength training workout, whatever it is. So just being mindful and then picking and choosing whatever activity suits you. That's the first thing I would say, but I don't like crash diets. <laughs> I think I, that's the worst when people are like, how am I going to lose weight really fast? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. because the, the easier it is to lose or the quicker you lose it, the quicker it comes it back. back yeah. So yeah. it's the worst. And you get it all the time as a trainer. Is there a way for me to build muscle without weights in terms of calisthenics and plyometrics? Or is that just the way to maintain muscle or can you actually like build muscle on that if you're eating the right things, if you're hitting your macros? So building muscle is all about uh, stressing your muscle out more than it already is. Mm. So like you have a ceiling, like we Mm. talked about before, Mm. you'll get to that point. So there's only so many pushups you can do. And then there's only so many pushups with different tempo and this that you can do before it's going to be like, okay, well, I, that's how big I'm going to get. <laughs> but it, <laughs> that being said, you also, you know, I know that some of those guys that do those, those body weight workouts, like they're super ripped. They are so ripped. like they're very lean, but they're not big. They're never, no, big. they're just super lean. They're as lean as they need to be. Cause sometimes I feel like having too much muscle can be a, not disadvantage, but in terms of mobility, especially it's so bad. My mobility when I was bodybuilding was terrible. Really? My mobility now is amazing. Like, I didn't think I was this flexible in my whole life because you're so stiff. Like, you know, doing the same movement patterns all the time really does affect your joints. If you could go back, would you have incorporated some type of mobility work to to combat that? Because when did you realize that you like, yo, like I can't move like how I should be able to move? Like It wasn't ever that I couldn't move like I could. But I know that doing my like one or two stretch sessions a week was not going to cut it for the amount that I was lifting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that professional bodybuilders, I know some guys that they're in the gym for an hour stretching or an hour after stretching. And so, I mean, that's their job. It's a little bit different. I was not committing enough time to it. But I can only imagine like years and years and years of neglecting that kind of mobility, how not functional (laughs) you would be tell me more about breath work because i hear it changes lives people like i love swear by it (laughs) what is breath work breath work is literally using your own energy so your i call it chi our life our universal life force energy that's within our body that is all around us to heal us Mm -hmm. um and by doing breath work, 
you move that chi into certain areas of your body that it needs to in order for you to release something or to feel whatever it is that you need to feel, whatever it is physically, emotionally, mentally. Mm -hmm. So it literally just pumps that energy mm -hmm. in your body and removes stagnant energy. It's and you like feel high. I did a breath work thing today and I did it and I was like, wow, you like you don't even need weed. Like <laughs> this is just so great. So <laughs> is it completely nasal breathing or is it nasal and mouth? Because I hear mouth breathing is not good for you. So chronic mouth breathing is not good for you, but doing um using your mouth during a breath work session, no, because you have different like where you'd be like, <sighs> like lion's breath, where you need your mouth to be open so if i was like <laughs> on a regular basis no like that's not how you're supposed to breathe because it creates shallow breathing we're supposed to be belly breathers a lot of us breathe from our chest and so learning that the diaphragm is supposed to move when you breathe is the most important thing and you get that when you nasal breathe consistently so how do you recommend someone get into breath work like should i get my yoga mat you know what i'm saying sit down <laughs> and just breathe through my nose for like as much as like i can like so i always my mouth you yeah so i always say the first thing to do when i'm starting breath work is box breathing that's how i started so it's four seconds in through your nose you hold it for four seconds you exhale through your nose for four seconds and then you hold it for four seconds so like a box four 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 that was how i started i just and did then, that and my neck cracked that okay all right <laughs> okay <laughs> um but there's also apps that you can find there's lots of like youtube videos that you can follow i mean there's like trauma release youtube videos that i've tried and i've never felt such sensations in my body so it's it's not hard to just use our phones like we we have access to everything now um and it's it's really life-changing the human body is really amazing because in our own system, we have this like healing mechanism. And I think the best thing about breath work is that it teaches you how to be present mm. and it can kind of make you happy with just breathing. Like just the fact that you're breathing and you're enjoying it means like you could have nothing in this world and you'll be happy if you just enjoy breathing. Absolutely. That's literally my post today on Jeez. Instagram. And I said, when I do, like, I hug trees, right? Like, mm -hmm. I am that type of person who just- Earthing, hug, right? Is that what it's called? Grounding, grounding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I every morning, I either put my feet in the grass or I hug a tree mm -hmm. because it's literally energy. Mm -hmm. And when I'm there, all I think about is, thank you, creator, for the fact that I have breath in my lungs, I have strength in my body, mm -hmm. and I am vital, like, thank you. The fact that I'm here right now. And once you start to be grateful for the fact that you have life, that's when life changes. Because we're so blessed to be here. Yeah. The fact that we have, like, access to, like, all these capacities, breathing, thinking, like, yeah. we are... The, the odds of existing are so small, yeah. especially in this universe, and mm -hmm. each person is so unique. So yep. I definitely think embracing that will change your whole mindset and your approach to life because you're going to be grateful for the smallest things knowing that even just being alive is a blessing exactly like the amount of souls that want to come here and i'm like oh my soul got the opportunity to come here mm -hmm. and to feel what it means to be here like mm -hmm. that's amazing mm -hmm. there's another thing i definitely want to talk about mm -hmm. so you do like tattoos now like what's going on I, like, you did that all yourself right yeah 
so she did that all herself, yo. Show it to the camera. Show it to the camera. Like yeah. she's doing it on herself, bro. <laughs> so my sister, thank you. My sister bought a tattoo kit a couple months ago, and she did one on herself. And I was like, well, guess what? I'm I'm creative too. Okay, <laughs> and I I just. I don't know. I just did it. And apparently I'm good at it. So yeah, those are good. Thank you. And a couple touch-ups, like I'm still learning. I didn't even like do, I did one practice thing on like the fake skin. And I was like, this is not going to help me learn. Okay, let's go. So is that like a legit tattoo or is there like a different tier of it? Like, is it a specific type of gun or needle or that's like as legit as it gets? Like, it looks real. Yo. Yeah, like, like it's real. Oh my it's goodness. It's not going anywhere. Does it, <laughs> does like, does it hurt? Do you like the pain? Like, cause I, I, I've gotten tattoos and I don't mind the sensation, but I feel like doing it on yourself would be such a different vibe. Like, see one people are like, you're emo. Like I'm not emo, <laughs> like, but because your adrenaline is going, you don't feel anything like probably less than if you were to sit in a chair and have somebody else do it because your own adrenaline's going. Like I didn't feel anything. I also have a very high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. So women do, but anyways, uh shout out women yeah yeah high pain tolerance <laughs> for the ability to hold babies that's why Facts. <laughs> but yeah no so i uh yeah just been tattooing myself Can you hook me up with a tattoo like- okay literally yes i will i'm so nervous to try on somebody else though because i've i've blown out a couple of them so oh, you should not have fucking said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not. That's a tattooing no. term. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I will say is I hear that, you know, the energy of someone who tattoos you is also important mm. when, when it comes to like the spiritual significance of tattoos. So, yo, man, like I rock with you. <laughs> you look like you got a kind of like traditional, neo-traditional thing going. So you can kind of finish this part of my arm. If yeah. You want, I, I can't do shading. Tattoo. I can't do shading, but I can that do line one, work. That one, uh, is that like a boat this one i didn't do oh you didn't do that one these i didn't i've done everything but that was my first tattoo but i got that done somewhere that's like that's super cool do you so are you just gonna do your whole arm my plan is to do my own sleeve and then if i need to get it touched up i'll get it touched up Right there? Yeah. Yeah. If you need some line work, then. Gotcha. Yo, what don't you do, <laughs> yo? Fitness, fireplace, <laughs> tattoos. Uh, uh, yo, we're going to wrap up soon. Um, honestly, I had a great time catching up. I haven't seen her in 10 years. So many years. No, it was know? so good to catch up. And I'm so proud of the woman you've become. And I think you're just going to keep, you know, soaring, keep going up. Yeah, you provide us so you. much insight today and a lot of info. And... You know, I'm definitely going to like utilize that knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've, this has been amazing. Because in the end, you know what I'm saying? It's close to you. You're not, you know. I know. I'm just down the stream. My Mm -hmm. goodness. Yeah, definitely (laughs) come back again. Uh, Make sure you guys follow Megs Leslie on the socials. Keep up with her. And uh, make sure you subscribe, follow us, TikTok, YouTube, all that. And uh, yeah, until next time, thank you for tuning into the Burrow Sound. Shout out to UUN for letting us record here. Shout out to Was the Sauce behind the camera. And uh, take care. Okay, that was good. That was a good service.